this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello and welcome to another episode of I Could Never Be Here on Popcorn Talk. Thank you guys for joining us. I'm so grateful that you choose to tune in week in and week out. We have another amazing guest today. If this is not your first time joining the show, you know I always have a reason for this opening song. Today is no different. Beautiful People by Chris Brown. The first is these lyrics. I don't know if you guys have ever actually focused on the lyrics, but it's It's Your Life. Your beauty's deep inside. Don't let anybody bring you down. And I think that's just an important message. No matter what day it is, no matter what your fears are, what you're experiencing in life, don't let anybody bring you down. Your beauty's deep inside. The world is full of beautiful people. The second reason, though, that I'm playing this song is this song and the album that this song was on won a Grammy for today's guest. He is a world-renowned music producer and writer who has worked with some of the biggest guests, including Chris Brown, including Justin Bieber, as well as Shakira, Halsey, Christina Aguilera, so many other top names. Please welcome Adam Messenger. Thank How are you, you doing so today? I'm great, dude. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. It's a, it's a Monday. You know, Monday is is when we have these shows, and it's it's always good. It's always good to start off on the right foot, get some motivation, get some inspiration going on. I agree. And for anyone who, uh, you know, if you're joining us, again, we are live Mondays at 410 here on Popcorn Talk and on their YouTube. We also have a podcast. Please subscribe, rate that. If you want to follow Adam, his Twitter is poppin' at Adam Messenger underscore. I only say that because before you show, before the show, you said that you, it maybe faded off because you're, you're a dad and you have oh, other stuff going on. Changed everything. No, I, uh, my, my Twitter game has definitely been slipping. Just, just a bit. That's not a bad thing, though. But it's a good. T- it's never too late, right? To bring it back, to yeah. fo- put the energy in the right yeah, place. Yeah, and especially now with 280 characters, whole new world. You double the <laughs> amount of inspiration and stuff that you can share. Indeed. Very nice. Very nice. Well, you know, looking at you know your career path, it's been it's been amazing, and even talking before the show of the the rise that it's been and the gradual rise of like you were saying, and we'll dive into a lot of this of starting. You know what a lot of people might say of why you know why did you why did you take this time in your twenties to work on the projects that you did before you moved to L.A. Uh, and when you're around thirty, but you know I want to kind of get back to the beginning because you grew up a long ways away from here in Toronto and started playing music at a young, a crazy young at five years old, five maybe four. I started you know twiddling on the piano and went into uh, piano lessons from there and. Kind of branched off, and I, I guess I realized, as did my parents, that I enjoyed music, and um, yeah, so I, I feel lucky that I kind of fell into at least knowing that much early on. Now, were they in music at all, or what was your inspiration, or what was the reasoning when you were four or five to you know start playing the keys? Mm-hmm. Um, 
My parents, no, neither of them were in music per se. Um, my mom was always very musical. She does sing. Uh, but um, I, I guess uh, my older sister was actually uh, five years ahead of me and already kind of delving into the arts herself. Um, more so like in theater uh, with acting, dancing, and singing herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that kind of, she might have opened a bit of a door for my parents to think, oh, maybe uh, Adam should, should go into this um, art school, uh, which I did end up going from grade four through to high school. It actually mm-hmm. continues through high school. So there were some musical opportunities that um, I feel fortunate about being exposed to early on. Now you have a, uh, how old is your son? I have a four and three quarter year old son. He'll he'll correct he, you if you, <laughs> if you don't nail it. Has he started <clears throat> touching the keys yet? Uh, he's been touching since he was you know eight months old probably. But um, yeah, he there's no pressuring or anything. Yeah. Um, you know, he seems quite musical himself. But you know, yeah, he's not uh, he's not taking lessons yet per se. Yeah. the you know the the school that you were enrolled in. At what point did you did you realize that maybe that could be a career, or was that always a, a hobby? And I know you said you had other hobbies, including you know swinging to the bat for a little while. It, it was either yep yeah, going to the major leagues uh, as a baseball player, or it was you know going to be probably music. And and yeah, I think I think the the choice became kind of more and more evident uh, by the teenage years. Uh, though I did play on my high school baseball team, so mm-hmm. I told you earlier I <laughs> kept it up for for a minute. Um, but um, but but yeah, no, music was uh, was kind of meant to be as far as a career path. And I you know I I feel like I really never thought of it on those terms as far as career, and especially not as far as like um you know a business to be in um, to you know which is uh, necessary to sustain a. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Career or, or being involved. Um, in in a path um, that you want to be doing for a living, essentially, right? But I, I never. It took me a while to really, you know, push myself to kind of really. Okay, now, you know, if I really want to be, you know, continuing to do this for like through my life or however long I can, um, I had to kind of start, you know, bringing in a little more of a mindset for. I've been a bit more of a business cap, um, I guess, and to figure out where I could hopefully be of value in making music with and for others, um, you know, for, to help sustain a career. And whether that, you know, I didn't, again, I, I, I didn't know if it was going to be like pop music per se or, or um, you know, I, I definitely knew the difference between, you know, more commercial music mm-hmm. than, uh, you know, some of the music I was studying, you know, whether jazz or classical music in, in school um, growing up. But, um, but, yeah, so that just a point on what you uh, said earlier about taking – you know, through my 20s, or I took my time uh, definitely kind of honing in on stuff before I really, like on my craft, on that side of it before, you know, um, getting down here to L.A. anyway and, um, and, and kind of 
pushing to um, to kind of maximize opportunities, I guess, on a business level. Yeah, and I, it's interesting to hear you talk about you know where where you fit in of making music and helping others make music, because a lot of people, you know, when you're like you're saying, you're playing piano, you're the performer at, at those ages. You're the you know I think you also played uh, saxophone. And what other instruments am I missing? I played uh, some guitar, a bunch of guitar, a lot of bass. Actually, Mm -hmm. I was in my rock band from uh, grade six. I think we we started. What was the name? What do we got? (laughs) We we went through some changes. Um, I love it. Well, naturally, it began as uh, DAPA, which was uh, you know the the essential acronym for Dan, Adam, Phil, and Age. Solid. Uh, And it it progressed. Uh, We added a fifth member at some point because. You know, that's what you, you do. You get a second guitar player. Yeah. When, once Guns N' Roses takes it's over, you, <laughs> you kind of you got to shift with the times. For, um, at that point, uh, we, uh, yeah, we were called OPM, which stood for whatever your heart desired. You know, we told our parents it was out past midnight. So, you know, <laughs> it, it was f- within the band. It was, you know, I shouldn't say it on the air. <laughs> so there, the, yeah, there were, there were meanings. Mm-hmm. Uh, at what point did you... I realized that you wouldn't be, or you didn't want to be the performer. You want to be do more producing, be able to help out, like you're saying, with other people's music. How was that transition period? Mm-hmm. That was, um, I think, you know, transition that kind of happened um, through university, where you know, while at school, kind of increased, um, make myself available as well to do gigs um, outside of you know playing live gigs, which I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had been developing my home studio, and um, I had, uh, yeah, I just basically got myself into a place where I had resources to help, you know, be adaptable um, above and beyond um, my musical studies, I guess, and, you know, knowing, um, you know, a certain degree about, about different musical styles and, and what went into it, whatever. But the, the kind of arranging part of that, which turned into producing, recording and producing, uh, kind of allowed me organically to kind of fall into well i may not choose to be a um a jazz pianist you know go down to new york let's say and and potentially starve as a <laughs> jazz pianist like you know i have a couple friends who went that route um instead i kind of recognized i mean it was again it wasn't about this you know starving and whether it was going to make money or yeah. that it was um it was more just uh, i think in me i i had too much interest in too many different styles of music uh, too many different instruments as well by that point, not wanting to kind of just get locked into uh, a single instrument, a single genre, or anything like that. So it it, it naturally fell into being kind of like uh, pushing myself to be adaptable and to, to keep variety, in, you know, musically mm-hmm. um, and creatively in what I was doing. And that, you know, I guess helped me be um, more available for others, depending on what it was. And um, yeah. Yeah, no, I think uh, for a lot of people, they, you know, they see the artists out front and they think that, you know, they see their rise to success. I think Bieber had a movie about, you know, him playing guitar and singing at such a young age and, you know, they follow that all the way up. But they don't necessarily know the stories of a lot of producers of how they get into their, you know, current job and current career. Because obviously every producer, you have to be very musically talented growing up, I would assume. Yeah, not not in every. It depends. You know, okay. yes, more more and less depending on the the genre of music. But yes, you know, you need to you need to um, kind of have a you know a good um, internal kind of dialogue that filters and you know that that kind of takes in you know ideas and creativity and kind of 
helps, you know, has a good sensibility uh, for how that should be best molded, you know, and, and presented. I mean, that's kind of number one. There, there's some mm-hmm. producers who never touch an instrument, really. There's some that don't even touch a computer. Really? Uh, even in this day and age, I don't think there's that many uh, <laughs> at this point. But but it still is, uh, like, you know, the, 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 the term, you know, producer can be defined as kind of wide range as you as you want, uh, it 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 can simply be about the kind of overseeing the process of you know turning a song into a musical recording, mm-hmm. and and the kind of decisions the, the creative input and the decisions that, that go into shaping it. Um, but that said, yeah, there are more producers that do know something about music and do play <laughs> and um, you know, but. You know the the background kind of it it, it 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 varies really, and some some producers really it comes from them having spent you know that many hours on their own programming beats on you know an MPC or you know certain um, gear that you know is is wouldn't be seen you know would be seen separate from like traditional forms of like studying music or, or being taking lessons or anything formal in that way, um, but. You know, it serves all the same, or even more in some cases, as far as the training that would go towards uh, making great music on the other end. I really want to focus that I, you know, a lot of people, and even even what I was able to, you know, find out. Good old Google, right? We can you can find a lot of stuff. It is can. from I heard when that. <laughs> from when you you know got to LA in thirty at at thirty, and you know, we mm-hmm. talk about all the artists that you work with. You know, the awards, uh, two Grammy nominations, one uh, Grammy win. And all that is when you got to L.A., but talking before the show and even just what we've casually talked about is that your 20s was really kind of almost the foundation for that. Yeah, I, um, I, I, it was on so many uh, accounts, essentially. Just, you know, the, the quote-unquote, the 10,000 hours that they suggest if you spend at something that you become a master at something. I wouldn't call myself a master because I know that I'm, <laughs> I'm still learning and still working at it, you know, every day, but... Um, I, I do know that I, I spent a good amount of time just kind of head down, um, you know, in the trenches, really uh, just honing the craft and, and just trying to make, you know, the best music, make anything that I was working on it, you know, the best it could be, um, you know, whether it was, you know, I mean, I, I did a lot of, um, I'll call them small gigs, not to, um, you know, uh, what if to down or to, to downplay, downplay them, I guess, or, or to, uh, yeah, to insult them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did a lot of uh, recordings for like events, for bar mitzvahs or weddings uh, <laughs> that were, you know, I, I, for like three, four years I, with um, a, a company, a couple ladies who, who um, redesigned uh, the lyrics to a certain popular song or whatever um, to uh, pertain to the family or what if it was like a bar mitzvah or a, a wedding or a, you know, 50 year anniversary for the couple, whatever it was. You know, they'd make these kind of, it was, you know, a little comical, a little silly. They, they changed the lyrics of a hit song, but... Um, that but, sounds but, amazing. Well, but, not, it, like but it, it sounds fun. It sounds funny. You know what? It was actually, um, though I did, obviously, I, I took it seriously enough to make sure <laughs> that it was really good. It was actually, a, a, you know, a less pressured kind of a forum for me to, to kind of just dig in on stuff and, and actually try to match... Um, uh, you know, uh, hit record recordings essentially, and uh, it, you know, totally unorthodox without knowing mm-hmm. how they did it, but really just kind of use the tools I had in front of me to kind of shape away and and try to get you know a recording that basically you wouldn't know the difference 
you know, between the original and what I had done. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, they, but they were gigs and they, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, they paid the bills. They, 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 they did. And, uh, you know, other, other sorts of gigs, I guess, that were, I, again, I wasn't like, you know, where, how is this going to be the stepping stone to my next thing, whatever. I was just kind of like in there for, for, for a while. Um, and just hopefully, yeah, really learning what I was doing. Yeah, I was wondering, was that your, you know, you look back on it now and you say it's your 10,000 hours, your time when you're, you know, you really learned a lot. Was that your focus or what? That wasn't your focus then of this is my time now. I'm taking this time and going at a reasonable pace to be able to mm-hmm. learn what I need to learn mm-hmm. to advance myself four or five, ten years down the line. You know, I I feel like I probably... Pardon me. I, 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 I would, um, you know, come to think of it every so often where it's like, oh, okay, I, you know, to, as far as the long-term plan, like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of doing this and, and, you know, kind of have a blurry vision of maybe this is what it's doing or where it's leading. Um, but but I think I, I really was very much more kind of stepwise, and, you know, and, and not um, hurrying myself. It, it might even, you know, seem like not pushing myself or not really ambitious, uh, for a, a while, but I think it's it's more just I had a you know certain patience with mm-hmm. the whole thing, which I think is paid off um, in a good way. And I, I do believe everybody. I think I mentioned this earlier. Everybody has patience, you know, in them that works in different ways, um, you know, from one per- one person to the next. And, and I think it's um, what happens when people kind of like find their forte or find a strength or something is maybe they kind of you know, tap into somewhere where they do have the patience to kind of stick at it a bit longer than maybe the next person. Um, so I, I think that's maybe kind of what happened with me. I was a little bit um, maybe oblivious to, you know, aspects of a long-term plan for, you know, certain periods along the way. And I, I'd just be digging in and, and, um, and that kind of, yeah, it was just about being patient enough with it and going with the flow. Do you see a lot of people now that, you know, or try maybe up and coming or trying to get in the industry that, that don't have that patience? I, I, I do. I think, I think it's very common. Um, mm-hmm. and not just in this industry or, you know, with music producers per For se sure. or songwriters or, uh, but, um, I, I think, I think it's very common, especially in entertainment. I think, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, there is, you know, definitely a focus on, you know, even more so in being like in front of the camera or, or aiming to be at the front of the stage, um, you know, people, obviously, there's this universal, you know, thing of being enamored with youth. And and there is a lot of energy there. And that does kind of feed um, people, you know, or uh, people are engaged with that often in entertainment, whatever, you know, aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely, you know, doesn't, um, doesn't end at 20, 25 or 30 or whatever that is. I mean... Um, you brought up, so again, talk, no, no, no. we talked a bit before this, yeah. huh? Didn't we? Uh, you brought up Morgan Freeman, such an example, yeah. you know, or someone who did not really get his real, like his first, you know, significant role or gig till he was, you know, almost 40 or whatever. Yeah. And look at the career, you know, since then. Um, and that, you know, and I think the trajectory for most people these days, I mean, I, well, I think, you know, the age span is, is, is increasing, mm-hmm. you know, consistently and, we're all aware of maybe how to look after ourselves a bit better and um, think about the long run. And um, there is generally more time than you think there is for, you know, for achieving certain goals or getting to certain places. And, and even, you know, if that goal that you had, you know, a month from now 
doesn't you don't hit that exactly because it generally is not going to happen the way you think it's going to <laughs> as far as you know making it or getting in certain yeah. doors and um, you know it, it you know a year later you might look back at you know and hopefully be able to recognize well what would have been the point of of that actually panning out exactly that way anyway you know I'm here now and you know now I I, I have actually have more drive to still make it and to still keep pushing forward to achieve you know things that I haven't yet and. So that's, I mean, I do see that, that people are often in a rush. Yeah. And um, it, it's a, you know, it's it, like you were saying, it's the age that we live in of people want to be the youngest to do something. Like, oh, the youngest sure. this, or, or the, they want to be the next big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. And there is such that rush and fight. And if you're not that person, or even if you are someone who is in your low 20s or mid 20s and you're seeing the next big thing or the youngest person who is doing something at age 17 or 18, mm-hmm. sometimes it can get you down and you need to just kind of refocus on that patience. Mm-hmm. I think it's all about balance. It really is, right? You know, I do remember times where I was in, you know, more of that really competitive kind of head state. And when I was younger, you know, um, you know, a teenager wanting to be like, like, you know, really accomplished for that age or, you know, really wanting to kind of um, feel like I've stepped ahead, you know, or whatever in certain things. Uh, but then it kind of comes back around where, it, you know, you can almost feel there might be disillusionment from, is that a word? Disillusionment mm-hmm. yep. uh, from, you know, from really, you know, staying locked on that in that gear and that one gear at a certain point, you're kind of like, well, wait a second, you know, you know, is this, this, you know, exact lane of focus, is this all that kind of life is? And probably not. And, you know, maybe if you kind of just, you know, put on the brakes for a second, you'll be able to kind of uh, look around and, and feed off of more to actually feed mm-hmm. back into your next endeavors. And so, I mean, again, it's about a balance. It isn't about, you know, sitting back completely and, you know, being, you know, to the point of being lazy or just, <laughs> uh, you know, unambitious. Uh, but it's but it's got to be yeah done with with some balance. What was the feeling when you were moving to LA? What went through your mind, kind of building up to that? How long of a process was that? Mm-hmm. Uh, that had kind of built up over a few years before that um, in my head. Uh, I had visited down here a couple times um, with another uh, producer friend I I knew and. Um, and also with my, who would become my partner, who had already mm-hmm. been working with Nazri. Uh, you know, I'd already, I was working with him in Toronto, going back to when he was in high school and I was in university. Um, but uh, we, um, yeah, he had been down actually in New York more than anywhere for over a couple of years, trying to make relationships and 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 kind of um, yeah help create some momentum in the biz- in the industry himself. Um, but we both ended up here in L.A. Um, so it was kind of like, you know, um, picking up a bit where I left off with him, uh, which was really still working, uh, like creating songs for him as an artist. Um, and also this other, uh, producer songwriter friend, Giuliano, uh, you know, and so there's kind of a couple things that I figured I'd be, you know, in collaboration with, uh, angles and, and, uh, it definitely, you know, turned out to be, you know, the, uh, putting my energy together with Nazri, um, who would kind of flip the switch towards, you know, focusing his energy more on like, hmm, you know, the, the writing part has really been, uh, had been his strength, um, mm-hmm. and, um, outside of being a singer. Uh, but, uh, you know, the idea of, of, of collaborating with me, who I had already been producing for some time, 
but like to do that together for artists down here, um, kind of we hit a stride with that pretty quick. Um, so yeah, again, the it, it was it did still feel pretty blind, like coming down here, like okay, well, I think now's a good time to you know to jump on down here with <laughs> my uh, my girlfriend at the time, who became my wife ultimately, nice. uh, which is yeah an odd unique story that's the only unique part about coming down here from toronto you know like there's a lot of talent from canada period but from toronto specifically you're in this you know the biggest metropolis of that country and there's you know a lot of amazing talent up there uh, a lot of things going on but um you know to kind of like feel that like tangible you know sustainability for a career it's like it more often than not ends up people we come down mm-hmm. to either new york or or la or even nashville yeah. historically or miami even um chicago maybe but uh anyway but this became you know at that time it was becoming um this you know more and more the place where creative people were you know it started coming over and it made sense when when i got here um and like i said just some things kind of fell into lo- into place um and um yeah and and most especially working with Nazri anyway and, um yeah what was her thought about moving was it did you have to convince her or was she always behind you yeah. was that a, what it's kind funny. of a it's discussion a great, great question uh <laughs> it's it's potentially complicated could take up the rest of no I'm kidding um, no no we she she had been in uh, a whole bunch of different, she didn't believe in, in you at all yeah, right. she was like this is a disaster it's not what are we doing oh my gosh what am I doing uh, but no, it's uh, she'd been in in a bunch of different ways within the entertainment world herself, uh, fashion world first, and then in in TV and film, um, and uh, it made I believe just as much sense for her to come down here and uh, aim to connect with um, you know some resources and contacts that she would have as well, uh, and to just you know yeah to be down here. And and which is really, you know, still the land of the most number of opportunities, I believe, within whatever facet of of the entertainment world. And it has it still does such a good job of kind of projecting itself back onto the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the world seems to um, engage with it. Yeah. You know, still it's, you know, Hollywood still uh, has its. um, Yeah, it's it's place in the world. And I mean, there's Bollywood, of course, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and film can be, you know, it's made all over the place. But still, Hollywood is, you know, it's Crea- very strong. The creation but, of film usually takes mm-hmm. place here. Yeah, and 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 like I said, since uh, 2007, when it was that we got down here to, over 10 years ago, um, it it had kind of become like even even people from New York were coming over, mm-hmm. and uh, the creative people anyway. Yep. And that's um, so kind of came to the right place hit you know a certain stride at the right time with you know the right people and what was the time from when you moved here in 2007 to when you felt like you kind of were in your stride mm-hmm. you know where it wasn't like trying to get those gears running again was about it a- three weeks <laughs> really uh, funny enough um it, it i mean not the full stride but uh about three weeks after getting here uh nazary and i f- found ourselves in the studio with Babyface. Uh, wow. and, um, yeah, there's a writing session going on with, with a producer that he, or another writer producer, I believe that was signed to him. And, um, and, and it kind of, yeah, it, it opened up our eyes to like, wow. Okay. So there are people who have, you know, achieved a whole lot, you know, in their days who are looking for, you know, for hungry, you know, uh, talented people. Um, and, uh, 
and they're kind of they're you know they're open to wh- whoever you are, whether you know just got here three weeks ago or you're Canadian or wherever you're from. Um, you know, I guess you know I, I showed up or we showed up with something to offer, and uh, anyway, that thing with Babyface didn't exactly go somewhere. He offered <laughs> us like you know then that day that conversation, he had us back to to talk about things and offered us like the A room. You know, we he could put us up there and certain you know things, and then like couple weeks after that we found out oh he actually was now going on tour himself and doing some other you know he was baby face <laughs> and he had you know things that uh you could you know that that re- um his life was about outside of the studio and whatever so we yeah. didn't but we're like cool that's that's okay we're, we're gonna wait for that per se because it was really only like another month later i think that we did get a call to uh, an opportunity to work in the studio with new kids on the block uh, with their, they were gonna get back in the studio and try like this. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't yet, you know, deemable as being a reunion album, uh, but that's what it became. Um, and Donnie Wahlberg had been handed by our lawyer, who we had met, um, who started representing us. Uh, uh, he had handed, you know, Donnie uh, Nasri's CD of of his current, you know, songs and whatever. Uh, most of which I had been involved with mm-hmm. him and. Um, and Donnie got like really pumped up from it and ended up like calling the reunion kind of right there and, um, got the guys in the studio and kind of, it was, it was cool. It went from there. It was a good opportunity and things led from there. Yeah. Is there a way to, to make it into the industry or is it just, you know, finding that one connection that will lead to the next connection and hopefully be able to continue showing your reputation? There's certainly no one way. Uh, you know, you cannot plan for one way that it's going to happen. Like I said, it, mm-hmm. it generally will not happen that way. If you have a way that you're planning for it to happen, <laughs> I mean, yes, you put your you put your focus and your energy, you know, into you know being uh, a value in a certain way. Like you don't want to be kind of spread all over the place, um, but you, you want to have you know to be tangible in some way. You know, with your identity of what you can bring to the table. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's sometimes can be. Um, you know, you're working with like 10 different, you know, projects or artists or certain things or people that, you know, you think there's good promise with collaborating with. And, uh, and, and so you might be thinking kind of long term, you don't know which is going to maybe pan out. And then it might be, you know, one single connection that pops in that like suddenly elevates kind of everything you're doing uh, and gives new opportunity to either like something specific or everything that you've been working on. Mm-hmm. And and it all kind of feeds into that, you know, one opportunity. So, you know, I mean, I don't know what to say <laughs> to that, but just like really it's about there is there's definitely an insight in mind, you know, or the opposite of out of sight, out of mind factor uh, as small as the world, you know, continues to become, you know, online and the, the availability of communication, you know, any moment with anybody yeah. on the earth there is still something about the tangible. It almost works against itself, like or, or it works in favor of the being in person with someone mm-hmm. and feeling something that is, you know, more genuine about like you're kind of you're working with someone towards something, you know. And it's there's th- that human, I guess, element, the connection that maybe resonates just a bit further uh, than however many people you have, you know, um, that you're communicating with on, you know, on your device. So. You're, you're talking with you said when you were working with new kids in the block, and you know obviously we named the other names: the Brock, Chris Brown, Bieber, Christina Aguilera. Are you constantly trying to learn things from them as well, or what is that pairing like when you're in the studio or you're working with them on music? 
There, there, I mean, you never stop learning. And, and certainly in, in situations in studio and even out of studio, uh, you know, when you're collaborating with an artist, you, you do learn stuff about, I mean, well, specifics to that artist mm-hmm. and, you know, how they tick and how they kind of operate. And, you know, you're kind of learning as you go. Um, the best way to kind of get to the finish line, uh, hopefully, with a certain record you're working on, um, which, you know, the finish line being a place where they ultimately, number one, they feel happy about it. Uh, and then not secondary, but, you know, the second gate, let's say, is that, you know, nobody ha- you know, at the label or the manager or anybody has any problem with uh, with releasing, you know, what you've worked on um, and bringing to, you know, to the fans. Uh, but... Um, the yeah so you're definitely learning something specific to you know about each artist but also there's general things that you're kind of learning about oh so are right this is these are thing you know things that I might be able to do um to help make them feel more comfortable or you know not to like have to sell them on you know your ideas or something whatever but but something you know there is some of that sometimes where to help make them feel comfortable to trust you especially with, with right you know. when you first get in the door i mean when you're mm-hmm. trying to build these relationships mm-hmm. with these huge stars I and mean, you have to have that yeah i mean you know hopefully and uh, you know and, and and usually what will have happened is that something you've worked on already will kind of speak for you on on your mm-hmm. behalf ahead of time right yeah. if and that's kind of what you know usually happens and and in our, in our my case did happen where my work was able to generally speak for itself i guess and 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 put enough of that trust in people whether it's the artist or their management or the label who hooked up you know the session mm-hmm. or or publisher that put it together um because um yeah they they already know like they can they can trust that what you've already done like this is something that we want or this is something that you know the artist is excited about and it might even be a song that was already written and also obviously in that case you know if they love the song yeah. they they would love that to be a part of their body of work and so you know however much they they need to put their stamp on it it might totally change or it might barely change it might just be about putting their vocals on it <laughs> in some cases uh, not to you know um that there's anything wrong with that if that fits you know not every artist is like so precious about needing to have written every single lyric Mm -hmm. or whatever but if they feel like it works in their you know or in their brand but Mm -hmm. you you just in themselves to want to represent this song and to sing those lyrics on stage if it becomes a hit they're gonna have to sing it you know night after night so they want to have that personalization yeah yeah no but but and sometimes it you know and it's great to feel that they don't need to mess with it too much to feel a personal connection to it it's kind of already there and that's awesome but not to expect that regardless um what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk. I want to talk about the the the, the pressure as someone who yeah. was kind of up and coming in the industry of, you know, going into these meetings and studio sessions. What pressure mm-hmm. did you face, mm-hmm. or how did you kind of maybe push that back to be like, I can't focus on necessarily the reputation of the person that I'm working with. I yeah. need to be able to focus on the job and getting it done. How, how did you? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're going into a no. studio with Chris Brown or Justin Bieber. There's obviously pressure there. Sure. It's generally not a bad pressure. I mean, okay. it, it depends on the artist. Uh, those two guys have been, they were great in the studio. Like, they, they you know, don't make it, um, and there's nothing strange. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's generally a comfortable place to be working. And, um, and, and 
you know, in in uh, you know both those situations, there was material already that they were fans of that oh, they nice. want. You know what I mean? That that did help really open the gate. It's sort of like you know. Um, you already know there's a, there's a sense of approval kind of, you know, to a certain degree going in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, you can kind of start, you know, um, working on new songs. And, and it kind of, you know, can come out a lot more naturally, you know, once you're kind of in the door. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, and as far as, you know, it being like being around, you know, a big star or something... Um, Sure, there, there's a there's a certain energy, there's a certain thing that you kind of everyone. I mean, I I'm generally not uh, too starstruck. well, yeah, too starstruck. But I do have that every once mm-hmm. in a while. It's like, oh yeah, wow, you you know, there there's a lot of people out there that are really excited to hear what you're going to come out with next. Like, I mean, it's just more mm-hmm. of that than anything. Like, so it's so it's sort of like uh, I I I my focus ends up turning away from like you know who is this person how you know the, as, as big a star as they are it's more about wow there's a real significance to you know this music that we're uh, you know going to create here and, and hopefully will satisfy you know uh, a, a large audience that's out there and, and hopefully will have a great impact on this large audience mm-hmm. and so that's more the, the the I think there's an excitement from that more than I mean yeah there's some yeah. pressure obviously to, to to make it as amazing as it can be, but you can harness that energy mm-hmm. and use it for for good, dude. Like push you mm-hmm. forward to be able to be like, oh, this is awesome. I this is a great opportunity. I can mm-hmm. use this and, as a springboard and be able to to really put you know something great together. Totally. What you know is it like being the person kind of writing that music <laughs> and producing that music? but not the person who is maybe performing. And so a lot of people out there, like you're saying, a lot of people are looking forward to this person's new music and, and it's coming out and they're the one who it's like, oh, what about Justin Bieber's song this? What about mm. Chris Brown or Iggy Azalea? They see these people and they think they're all their songs. What is that like being someone behind the scenes who is kind of responsible for that music? Do you like the fact that you know your name isn't right out there mm-hmm. for people? Well... And- I mean, you just you, you brought. You know, we're just talking about the you know the idea of pressure involved. Well, mm-hmm. you know, for those guys, that's a whole other level yeah. like, of of pressure that I I I can't really identify with. You know, thinking that I could really be you know in comfortable enough shoes doing what they do generally. Um, and, and so maybe there's a trade off, right? Where it's like, yeah. okay, so my name's generally not going to be going on the front of the product, uh, <laughs> but. You know, it's, uh, you know, kind of for good reason and, and maybe, you know, I feel like I, you know, I have gotten my, my fair due of, you know, of, of credit or mm-hmm. respect or, you know, uh, around the work that I've done. And, Absolutely. And, 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 I, and, I, and I do feel like, um, for me personally anyway, it's, yeah, I haven't felt like I've been, I've been missing a certain type of attention or, um, you know, a recognition, um, you know, that sure would be uh, in, a, in a different sort of sorts when you are the artist that has your name. Mm-hmm. You are at the front of that stage, you know, performing the, the songs. Uh, for me, I, I think it's it's a little more comfortable, um, <laughs> you know, and and, and, I, and generally I haven't felt like I've, you know, haven't been... There's less Twitter pressure. <laughs> less Twitter... You know, that's the problem, though. I, I should get myself <laughs> more right out there so I... <laughs> It would it would definitely uh, it would it would keep a, a fire under my arse <laughs> to, uh, to keep my Twitter game up. There you go. You know what inspires you when you're writing music? Uh, Where does the inspiration I mean, it, for a song it's, I come mean, from? It's, you know, it, it comes from all different sor- sources, and you know, um, it, you know, I feel like 
you know, in recent times, uh, or progressively, I think, at least with my, my partnership with Nasri, um, you know, we, we generally play, um, like once we became kind of a duo, I guess, working for other artists, uh, we definitely, um, we, we took our, our roles, which are not completely independent, but like we recognize, okay, so, you know, you're going to do what you do generally, and I'm going to do what I do, and uh, it intersects for sure, but, and, and it has, you know, it has kind of blurred more over time, uh, where he, you know, didn't originally know how to even operate, you know, uh, the computer, as far as <laughs> recording things, or, or what anything was going on in there, uh, you know, and I also had less of a sensibility around top lining, or, or uh, you know, lyrical, you know, strength in, in songs, um, and so it's kind of, you know, combined to whatever degree, and um, He's an incredible engineer now. Trust me, uh, yeah. he'll tell you himself. No. <laughs> uh, but uh, but we, uh, yeah. I mean, anyway, the as far as where inspiration comes from, working with Nazri, he's got like way too many ideas to ever put into action. Uh, generally, so I'm I'm usually dealing with like a surplus of ideas <laughs> to kind of like, well, well, you know, let me take like just a couple of these for a second, and you know, whether it's working with uh, with Magic, you know, his mm-hmm. band itself, or you know, for other, you know, just having songs in the catalog that we know should be, you know, of, of value to someone somewhere or with another specific artist. Um, you know, it's, there's usually a lot of ideas kind of already there. And my job is, you know, I, I often start, you know, from the point of filtering, you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of editing, you know, down to, you know, um, like reducing the amount of information really. And what do we need? You know, what, is poignant here and yeah uh and you yeah, get it you get it from b to c yeah you know, uh, A's more, there more often. it's like okay yep. what yeah. can we do and, and see more often i i feel like i have to kind of stay out of the way of a you know to yeah. not, not be additive in that way and 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 b to c or to d and e or wherever it needs to you know to go but um yeah i mean and i think that's a, that's awesome that you know that you know that that is your niche and role where a lot of people might be like oh but i want to get involved in it but i want to do that instead of being like you're great Mm -hmm. for me like Mm -hmm. just do what you do yeah i like a too um Mm -hmm. but i I feel like just in 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 the last three four years maybe uh it has increasingly i I feel like i've been uh put into not put into but it's it's um it's uh just been natural kind of progression into kind of looking more at b through d or whatever Mm -hmm. And uh, and yeah, and it's 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 been good to me too. What would you say is your biggest accomplishment in music with the awards? Oh, with in you music. know, with <laughs> say in general, it's clearly my uh, my son. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, in music, biggest accomplishment. I mean, yeah, with the awards, with you know, Magic had Rude went number one. Mm-hmm. Is there an accomplishment that sticks out to you that you look back on now and you're like, wow? Yeah, I mean, sure, certainly it was. Uh, it was a bit surreal to to see um, the impact uh, that Rude, you know, took on. Like the just the the, the very quick kind of trajectory. Uh, once it was like kind of it was there, and it was like okay, and it was released, and then it just like suddenly territory sort of started picking up on it, and it mm-hmm. and it really had just incredible rise that I, none of us foresaw and it, yeah. it's kind of a little bit annoying you know looking back that it's like well that was one of those you know records that we're working on with no foresight no plans there was no calculation of like you know this is well we're gonna make it like this because that'll help it be a hit or something it, this was like a 
you know, Magic, the band, the whole thing was like mm-hmm. this kind of side project that Nasri was really gung-ho about, not doing it as a side project, but just it, it was like a, outside of all, the, you know, writing for yeah. other artists that were already established. This thing that he, he wanted to try doing, uh, always looking for his kind of opportunity to come to, to as an artist to really get the stage, you know, and um, like they, he, that never left him, which is great. Uh, but the this band kind of configuration and this type of sound and whatever, uh, which kind of came out of a, a couple records, songs that we had made, Nazri and I together, going back mm-hmm. a few years before that. But then, you know, the guys um, that became Magic kind of showed up <laughs> here in L.A., literally having, you know, come from Toronto themselves mm-hmm. and were looking to, you know, to write for people too and to you know, do that whole thing. Uh, it just it just showed up into it fell into place really well and uh, and and became this this band, uh, but um, it was like it was just really kind of fun you know with the the way the songs were kind of being created and uh, it was really um, liberated and not again not bogged down with like so it's kind of got to work for this artist and their brand and, or or we got to make it kind of structured the song so that it's like really like this so that this the A&R person's going to yeah. understand why it's going to work for their artist or why a publisher is going to be like oh we could pitch this to this or try to yeah. place this for this you know and that, maybe that's why it had as much success as it did because uh, it, it Maybe I mean I you know I mean maybe uh, yeah it was very organic you know yeah I, sure let's let's say that yes it worked so well because we didn't pre-plan <laughs> anything and uh, and again rude it was like the, one of the easiest records I've ever made you know <laughs> which again yeah it's annoying to see that well it just it just connected as well as it did and it, it can never be recreated um, nor should it be attempted I mean that do, was, I was gonna say do you feel pressure to recreate something that can get to number one or to have something else win a Grammy is there pressure yeah, now that sure. you attain that of trying to get back to that well sure but I mean it, again, that all has to be, you know, taken with a grain of salt or with, you know, a mm-hmm. sense of balance as well. It's like, you're like, oh, wow, that was awesome. That would be great to be able to, you know, do repeat something like that or whatever. But, um, but, but also accept that that type of thing was already a kind of a off the path, kind of left field uh, thing that connected that, you know, you can't, you know, um, expect to really do it you know at least from the creation standpoint to do mm-hmm. that again um it was a blip in the radar that you know that that yeah uh, there so were a I, bunch of factors that came together to make yeah. that what it was yeah and 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 so it, it is what it is and so you know you kind of accept that and that what comes next which will hopefully you know work as well um as far as just the impact that it can have uh will probably have to be something you know either very different or at least a little bit different and uh but hopefully you know you can feel you know like like it's it has you know it produces that sort of impact which really is you know a a powerful thing and it's amazing to feel and so as far as accomplishments like you you asked yeah to see to see um you know it's not like the stats of it or like oh it went number one on the hot 100 um but it's just just to see the you know the that snowball effect of the impact that obviously that clearly made a lot of people feel good yeah. listening to it you know and that and and that's the I mean, if there's anything calculated that was it that like man let's make this record feel as good as it can feel let's make a feel good yeah. you know song or like recording out of this song and that's what translated i guess and that was the impact what would be your definition of success and as far as your career your you know life looking back on it mm-hmm. uh, and what you've accomplished and then 
what advice do you have for other people to reach, you know, that success? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, speaking generally, like we've kind of already touched on, um, I think if you can feel um, good about, you know, going at, you know, the pace that, that feels, you know, balanced to you, it doesn't feel like you're going off a cliff, pushing for something in a certain way that you think is going to happen a certain way, um, but you also don't feel like you're kind of laying back too much or resting, you know, on your laurels, um, you know, so a good balanced kind of uh, form of ambition uh, is, is important. And um, that kind of sh- might, it's in of itself, produce success, being that if you're feeling happy within the process of it, mm. you know, that really is kind of success because, like, you know, getting there is cool, I think, if you ever really get there. Like, what is, I think when you get there, it's kind of like, okay, cool, but um, I'm still I'm still going. Like, <laughs> where's the next there, right? That's not, you don't end, you know, yeah. on a certain path. Um, you know, so it keeps going. And, and it's about the process, you know, overall in life in general. And, you know, that would include outside of what you do in your career and, you know, feeling, you know, yeah. kind of, you know, some fulfillment, you know, whether you have, you know, you get married, you have, a, you've built a family or anything of that sort. Um, obviously when you do that, when you mm-hmm. engage in that part, uh, yeah, you, that has to be part of the overall kind of, um, the, the mission. And, um, I think I see you saying that you don't want to rush cause there's always that next thing to rush towards. You can always be rushing towards something. Right. I mean, having said that, you know, you know, the universe does respond to, you know, things that, that move and engage quickly yep. and that, you know, when you, you know, meet your points and you, you hit your, hit your marks and, you know, there is, uh, an awesome effect you can see from that. Um, but it, but it can't be done, you know, feeling like you, you chicken with your head cut off, <laughs> so, you know, in that fashion. Um, so, so, you, you know, yeah, it's, it's good. To, it's nice to feel like there is a balance in the short game and the long game. Right, yeah. you, you can't be thinking like what I'm doing is all setting up for when I'm 80 or like you know 40 years down the line, whatever it is. Um, it's you know you got to think kind of whether you also can't be thinking you know I, I want to make sure that I achieve this next week or in the next month. <laughs> it has to be you know what do I where do I want to see myself in a year from now um, through the next five years or, or you know something kind of balanced in that way, and that might not mean that. And my, that that probably usually will suggest that you have certain goals that are very short term based, um, and, and you have things that are long term based, and they kind of converge mm-hmm. in a you know in a in as harmonious a way as they can. I think that's a great way to put it. Uh, we've gotten to that point. We have a couple minutes left that I always do at the end. That's like a, a game or just some rapid fire questions that are just you know five ten second answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always have some fun music too, which always of course makes it better. So. Just gonna shoot some questions towards you, and have you just give me some quick answers? You ready to go? I'll try. <laughs> All right. What music right now do you listen to at the gym or in the car? Hmm. Uh, well, in the car is usually different than in the gym. Uh, in the, is, is there music it, right it, now that you're listening it, to? It, in in the car will often be uh, music on the radio, as mm-hmm. much as you know that is not the uh, the only thing that dictates what people in the world like. You know these days with streaming and the ac- the accessibility to everything, but I will kind of still listen to see how music is programmed, commercial yeah. music anyway. Is there someone's music uh, personally, like an artist that you're uh, listening to? Well, I you know of that music, um, sure. Like I I think it's more kind of re- re- song by song. Like I appreciate um, uh, 
Childish Gambino, for instance, mm-hmm. um, you know, that record that really cut through. And, and, I, and I do, I kind of listen for song. I mean, I appreciate, you know, like just really talented artists like Bruno Mars. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, it's, yeah, I look, I, I generally will look out for records that kind of I'm happy for, got the chance to cut through that weren't exactly, that weren't uh, following trends per se, or weren't being cookie cutter and, you know, sounding like they were designed to be reaching a commercial audience, nice. right? Desert Island, you can listen to one album ever. Oh, what wow, would it be? Wow, wow. It's probably going to be, oh, I don't know. It's probably going to be, can you give you th- three? Uh, I'll uh, give you two. Okay, two, two. It'll be uh, probably Michael Jackson Thriller, or it would be uh, Steely Dan Asia. All right, favorite band of all time. Damn, that's so hard. Um, what genre can you... Uh, um, uh, favorite band, uh, I will say it's because it's a bit of an anomaly. Most people wouldn't wouldn't say it. Level 42. Nice. I got to ask this because everyone has their various mm-hmm. thoughts. Uh, quick thoughts, Taylor Swift's new album. Love it, hate it. Uh, appreciate certain risks taken f- for her mm-hmm. as an artist. Uh, I, I can't tell you I love it or hate it. Uh, I, generally, it wouldn't be the type of thing I, I would I would like rush to make sure I hear the day it's released. Yeah. Um, maybe over time. Maybe over time. Who's the next breakout star? Like in two years mm. or a year or two, who are you hearing? Who's the breakout star mm. that people are going to know and maybe you're going to be a household name? I'd like to say Sabrina Claudio. Uh, not just because she's been, you know, working... Um, continuously with people like in my team around my circles mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I, uh, I I think she you know from what I've seen I'm I'm proud that she's been really sticking to her guns as an artist stylistically mm-hmm. and not really listening um, to too much to what anyone is telling her they think she should be you know sounding like essentially yeah. uh, so just uh, musically speaking she's been stubborn in a very she's good been, way she's got and, a, such a very unique sound mm-hmm. and she's saying she uh, she's sticking to it and I'd love to see that break out yeah as far I think as Apple's can. next uh, next big thing and they're you mm-hmm. know the person that they're focusing on right now and just final final question who haven't you worked with that you want to work with in the industry wow um great question uh, I haven't thought of that for a minute. Um, but uh, I would say I would you know love to work with Saint Pop. Um, always appreciated an art the artist known as Pink. Uh, I think mm. she you know she's an amazing singer and, and very soulful. Yet you know it totally translates in commercial and pop music essentially. Um, that would be great. Uh, I'd also I'm also very jealous of uh, another producer, Greg Kirsten, right now for having produced the uh, whole Foo Fighters latest oh, album. Oh yes, because I'd I'd love to go that direction if opportunity allowed. Well, be patient. You're ready. You are obviously in a great position, and like you say, and that's that's a lot of it is just placing yourself in the long game to be able to do that kind of stuff, and you've done that. So so far, so good. Still working at it. Can't lie. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank yeah. you so much for coming in, thank Adam. You, I appreciate it. Again, uh, Twitter, at Adam Messenger underscore. I think that's what it is. There you M-E- go. M-E-S-S-I-N-G-E-R. Perfect. Set it straight. Uh, and you can follow the show. Uh, I am your host, Michael mm-hmm. Klaus. You can follow me at the only MC on Twitter, on Instagram. Again, we are live here with video 
every Monday at 410 on Popcorn Talk Network. You can also follow us on the podcast to listen anytime. If you're in a long drive, you want to be able to get some motivation and inspiration, you can follow that on iTunes Podcast. Comment, rate, subscribe, show us some love on Instagram, on Twitter, on all social media. The world needs it right now. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of I Can Never Be. We'll see you next time. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.